All right, guys. All right, guys. Great job out there. Fist bump, fist bump. Give me a fist bump, fist bump. You fist bump, fist bump. Uh, Mr. Lori, kiss. Fist bump, fist bump, fist bump. All right, guys. Well, we did everything we set out to do. We screwed over the Giants. We drafted at least two players with Dick references in their names, and Dickerson and Johnson. And we completely ignored the defensive back position. So all in all, I'd say it was perfect. Oh, wait, where's uh, where's Tom Donahoe? Oh, that's right, he's gone, because I fired his old ass. It's a new Howie, folks. Get ready. Rocky! Rocky Balboa! Rocky Balboa! Cheesesteak for hour! Rocky Balboa, Rocky Balboa, Tuesday fun hour. Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Rocky Balboa, Tuesday fun hour. Rocky. Rocky Balboa. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rocky Balboa Cheesesteak Fun Hour. It is 9:32 Tuesday, May 4th. Not doing the Star Wars intro, and you may already tell, yes, we are zooming. Folks, please do not end the podcast early. There's a notable noticeable difference in viewership when we do a Zoom. There will be some laughs. There will be some educational banter. Just stick with us. We're just yeah. living in this world and time where we have to Zoom every now and then. There's a COVID contact amongst one of our kids. Everyone's fine. Just deal with it. We are. Exactly. What do you say? We don't, we do, you know, the, the, the product is not slip when we go on zoom so look i know you're probably hearing our voices and they sound like shit and everything sounds like shit but like just stick with us all right don't be selfish it's rude it's the cards we were dealt and just deal with it please please tell your friends to deal with it as well we could use some more viewers huh all right listen the kids just can't stay six feet apart at daycare it's not their fault they have small tiny children brains you know, you, when you think the COVID shit is ending, you get you get a phone call that says your, your son has been a contact of a contact, so he can't come to daycare. And it's like, you know, he doesn't have any symptoms, nothing. He's just chilling. He's still being an asshole, you know, and uh, contact of a contact. I guess he got to quarantine for a few days. So here we are on Zoom yet again. Don't leave us. We love you. Dirty Mike still sounds like shit. He always sounds like shit. So that yeah, at least there's comfort in that. That dirty mic sounds exactly the same. It's true. Yeah, we're at that point now where like it's a year later, and every time you get that call, you just don't want to care, but you have to. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's where I'm at. Anyway. Yep. Anytime someone tells me, I'm like, yeah, in my head, I'm going, I I don't care at all, but I have to. Yep. Here we are. Uh, so kids are the kids are fine. Uh, they just have a COVID. My kid they're, puts they're his chilling. mouth on everything. Everything. I'm like, stop. Stop putting your mouth on everything. But right, but we are playing where we decided to play it safe because we are model Americans. You know, even though there is no chance my kid has COVID, we're, you know, we are model Americans. So we're, we're following the rules. 
If you didn't learn anything from last week's episode where Nick used to watch Walker, Texas Ranger with his dad on a mattress, he's a model American. Shall we talk about the draft that happened this weekend? I think so. The draft? I mean, what an exciting draft. There are some things to talk about. There are some people who are disappointed, but it's not the disappointment like we're used to. And we're going to kick right into it with the first round pick by the Eagles and the, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you feel about Howie. And there's plenty of reasons to feel a hatred and, and, and being tired of Howie. But what he did in the first round to nab Wide receiver from Alabama, Devontae Smith, at the 10th pick, was nothing short of masterful. Dirty, your thoughts. I mean, we've had, what, five straight drafts before this one where every first-round pick was somewhat disappointing. And one draft, they didn't even have a first-round pick. Like, they had Derek Barnett, and you're going, oh, fuck. No first round the following year. The next year, they get Andre Dillard, and you're going, ugh gross the next year you get Jalen Rager obviously the most disappointed I've been in 25 years so finally this one when you're at 12 and you see that little ticker go from 12 to 10 and you're going wait a minute no way we just traded with Dallas to go up two spots to fuck the Giants to pick the Heisman Trophy winner from Alabama I couldn't have been more excited like I was out of my mind and then you go on Twitter and like you like you just said Matt and you're seeing people complain about it it's not a lot, but some are out there like, oh, you're a great pick, Howie. Hashtag fire Howie. That was no, 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 not, not now, not now. They're, those folks aren't worth mentioning. This was a collective 95 to 98% happy yes. about the Devontae Smith pick. They're always going to be naysayers. Nick, your thoughts on the first pick? Well, what made it so awesome was like, usually the Eagles are picking around 20-ish. Let's just call it 20. So, you know, we get it in our heads. We're like, all right, as long as we get, like, one of these 20 guys, we're happy. And we never get one of those 20 guys. Like, we never get it, – it, it's always an outside of this fucking box pick that, you know, we're just like, what the fuck? But this year, you know, since we were picking higher, we were at 12. We said it last week. We had four guys. As long as we get one of these four guys, we're happy. And it actually fucking happened. Didn't expect it to happen, and it fucking happened. We were on Horn, we were on Sertain, we were on Smith, and we were on Waddle. And we got Smith. We got the fucking Heisman Trophy winner. How could you not be thrilled? And how could you not be ready to eat some Howie's Nuts? So, Jimmy, I feel like you as an Eagles fan, you've been waning back and forth. You know, the COVID season kind of took you back. Like, I can't watch this team. You're getting a little older, getting a little uglier. Did this pick get you back into the – uh the really ecstatic, uh, crazed Eagles fan that you oh, once man. were. I was when they when they first uh, announced that the Eagles had moved up. <clears throat> I really thought for a second when they were taking a quarterback, and um, and so you can imagine my relief when they picked Devontae Smith, who I believe I said last week uh, was my number one choice, and I didn't, I, I didn't, I really didn't think they would have a chance. But like you said, um, Howie, you know, give credit where credit's due. Um, made a really savvy move to get up in front of a division rival who clearly really wanted him. Um, so I, I think, you know, that is about as good as, as night one of the draft could have turned out. Let's stroke the long slender body of Devontae Smith and talk about our possible concerns with him. Are you concerned about his frame? Are you concerned about being 166 pounds now that he is one of us? Anybody? 
Who wants to jump on that? Listen, it, it was pounded into our skulls for the past month. You know, like leading up to the draft, we start talking draft as soon as the Super Bowl ends. So we've been talking draft for like four months. And for like for far too long. And for like three of those months, we, you know, I was, I was, I was cool with Devontae at six. You know, I was, I wanted mm-hmm. Devontae Smith. And then all this fucking, you know, why reframe 166 shit comes up and everybody just starts shitting on him. They're not, sh- you know, not shitting on him, but like, you know, he's moving down the lists, which, you know, he's the Heisman Trophy winner, one of the best wide receiver seasons ever. And now I'm just kind of like, you know, when it, when, when these reports came out, I'm like, all right, maybe I don't want him. And that sucked balls. But then when we drafted him, all that shit went away. Let's fucking go. Dirty, you uh, you live in a pit of misery. Uh, your only way of seeing light is by being negative. How are you about him being 166 pounds? Nervous. And I, I mean, if you're not nervous, then you're lying to yourself. So, like, can you name me one? Not lying to myself. Can you name me one receiver who's his height and size that has ever worked out in the NFL? I'll say no, but like going against, like, say, okay, you gotta give me this exact height and this exact uh, weight. But I mean, everyone said that Justin Jefferson was too slight last year, and Tyree Kill has been pretty okay. Not that he's the exact height, but he's a smaller guy as well. You can easily go to Deshaun Jackson and say he's injury prone. But I'm not nearly as worried about his weight as everyone else's. I think it was very much a the draft takes way too long to get to, and you need something to talk about with each player. Uh, of course, is 166 light in the NFL, obviously, yeah. but it's not like people are getting blown up the way they used to be. I'd rather not see him return kicks and and punts because that's yeah, where you never, really get injured. Never. Well, Rager's still gonna do that. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rager's fine I, doing that. I'd rather see that, but him just getting off the line, he's very twitchy. He, he's very uh, – he's got a lot of great finesse there. I, well, here, here's I mean, the crazy thing about Devontae Smith that makes him different. Even though he's only 166, he's, his uh, arm reach from, from middle finger to middle finger when he puts his arms out is, one of the, is like one of the longest for his height in NFL history. It's like a – I forget exactly what it is, but it's a huge span. So yeah, because they were comparing him to, to Marvin Harrison to answer one of Matt's questions from earlier. Like one of the comps with him, or maybe it was you, Dirty, I don't fucking know who cares, Mar- is Marvin Harrison, you know, because they were both slight receivers and even Reggie Wayne kind of. But yeah, Devonta Smith has, he has the, the bigger wingspan than both of them. So it's like, and, and uh, like we, we talked about it last week and Matt just touched on it. Wide receivers can't be touched anymore. And Devontae Smith is one of the best players at getting off of the line because he's so goddamn good at routes running and and, and just flat out beating guys that, you know, he's usually not going to be touched. He's going to be running oh, wide open and scoring like Tyree Kill. Listen, man, Justin Jefferson is 6'1", 205, and Tyree Kill is 5'11", 185. So, like, they're noticeably bigger than he is. So, like, no, uh, Tyree Kill noticeably bigger. He weighed, you say, 15 pounds bigger. He'll be fine. Devontae, 20. Oh, you totally got me there. Uh, so, Devontae Smith isn't going to get injured by being blown up. He'll get injured from a muscle pull, from an ankle sprain, or yeah. a con- or a concussion, which has nothing to do with your weight because someone went yep. head hunting. So I- I'm not too worried about his frame. Um, we're not going to be the first or the last people to break down how great of a player Devontae Smith is. I don't see – I just don't see knock on wood, whatever, him being a bust. Uh, we don't need to keep going on with that. I think the more entertaining thing about this pick is how the Giants fans lost their collective minds over this pick. The fact that the Eagles 
and the Cowboys collectively fucked over the Giants, and the Giants then traded back, sell for Kadarius Tony, who I actually like Kadarius Tony, but yeah, he's good. Nowhere, nowhere near Devontae Smith. But you're now seeing videos come out. Did any of you see the video of the family watching the draft in the basement and the dad or whoever he is? Once the Eagles announced Devontae Smith, he fucking wrecked the wall with two punches. And the wife or the sister, whoever it is, was like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? Did anybody see that video? I did. She, yeah. said, she said, get the fuck upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking him out of the basement. Yeah, I got to nothing- say, go ahead, you know, like – I've been into I I get into sports and I get into to things like that but that like that dude's got to chill man it, like I don't know it, it just it, that's a bit much <laughs> maybe maybe losing the super bowl on like you know last second play or something like that yeah but for some like that I'm with you Jimmy but l- listen though Put yourself in his shoes. Both the Eagles and the Cowboys just fucked over your team, and you lost the Heisman Trophy winner. Come on, give, good give it. And and dude. I am, I am known to punch a few walls in my days, dude. It yeah. might have been the story when I when I was a freshman in college. I I got docked up with this guy. Yeah, nineteen eighty four, about nineteen eighty six. You got docked up with a guy. What does that mean? Like when you guys insert each other's wieners. Yeah, did you guys insert? Did you guys insert your dicks into one another? That's what docking is. Another guy. Yeah. Holy shit, dirty! You got some crazy stories, man. All right, so you, you, Joaquin Phoenix, did you dock with him? College is a time for experimentation. It is. I'm not. No, I'm not hating on him. I I want to know more. Like, how was it? it, Oh, we as a we as a podcast absolutely accept docking. We're not. We're not judging for that. Yeah, no. Tell us more. Tell us more about you and this guy uh, putting your dicks in one another, Dirty. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know how to continue on. I feel like I've completely lost my spot. <laughs> so, you didn't like, lose any spot. How did first, it feel to dock with your friend? It was fine. So the first the first week I move in with this dude, he's a big he's a big Notre Dame fan apparently in the dorms. And the week one, Notre Dame loses its first game of the season, and he punched a giant hole right through my closet. That was literally the first week I ever knew the guy. Man, he punches <laughs> holes every time Notre Dame loses. He's got a, his house probably looks like freaking Swiss cheese. Is that did that turn into the glory hole that you guys put your dicks into each other in? Docks in, dicks out. That's it. Yeah, can I interject here? Like, dirty. Do you know what docking is? Why can't we get any? Sort of, you know, details of what happened. My God, I think he just told us. He told us without telling us. I don't know. He punched. It, he punched a glory hole after Notre Dame lost. He's out. Oh, this is neat. Put his dick out. I was like, all right, let's try it. Okay. All right. Fine. Okay. He didn't like. All right. So the Giants lost their collective minds and started docking with one another. Anything else on Devontae Smith before we move on? Because. At, Again, as a whole, the Eagles fans, all of us, again, you're always going to find the, the negative fucks who aren't happy with it. As a whole, we were all, for the most part, elated. Any last thoughts on that? Two things. He's going to put on weight. So I, he'll probably, you know, with, with NFL trainers and NFL facilities, I, I could, you could see him putting on, you know, you're, he's not, he's, He's a slender guy, so he's not going to. You're not. He's not going to dramatically put on weight, but you could see him getting up into the 175, 180 range with with the right work and and nutrition. But also, like I truly think that the NFL is changing at a rapid pace, and maybe you haven't seen comps of his size, um, you know, perform well in the NFL. 
but I think he's the first of many of his type that are going to. He'll be the cop. He'll be the cop. Yeah, like that, Jimmy. I I like that, Jimmy. I think you're going to start to see this breed of player more and more and more, and and they're going to have more and more success. All right, I like it. Anything else from you two idiots? Nope, I'll take the side. I'm, 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 uh, I'm going to take the science as we are moving on. I'll say one last thing. I'll kill to be 166. It's been a long time since I've been there. Uh, all right, second round. This is where everybody started <clears throat> losing faith and getting back in their comfort zone about how they really feel about Howie. Everybody knows the Eagles need a cornerback. Everybody knows that they want a linebacker. Everybody knows that we need help on defense. So what does Howie do? He drafts an injury-prone offensive lineman. However, a really damn good injury-prone offensive lineman from Alabama with a penis in his last name. He takes Landon Dickerson, 6'6", 333 pounds. Landon Dickerson from Alabama. He reminds him of John Runyon. Uh, and there's a quote that says he wants to put people in the ground. He wants to bury guys. Roseman thinks the injury thing is a risk worth taking. Nick, your thoughts on Landon Peterson. Landon who? Uh, Pete Penison. Penis. Peterson. Okay. You like okay. the doc by chance? Well, Probably you'll find out. Listen, a lot of things go on in those football locker rooms. You know what I mean? But um, Landon Dickerson, listen. When they made the pick, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled. I, I wanted I wanted a defensive uh, back, safety, cornerback. Don't care. I wanted somebody to play defense. But obviously, the dude's grown on me. You know, you see the videos him playing. He's a fucking monster. He's probably got the biggest dick on the team. You know, look at that guy. He's six six, three thirty three. Like, holy just hell, a ho- just and a hog. And he's cool as fuck. You know, you, you see you see him like talking to Sirianni. You see him. You see him on social media fucking around. Like, I, I just, I you like that video, dude. I want to get hammered drunk with that man. Do you see the video of, of them interviewing Mac Jones and he was doing like 15 cartwheels straight in a row in the background? Yeah. And waved like, like far as comp. Dude, I don't know. I, I like that guy a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to party with that motherfucker. I really like him. And uh, it, it, it kind of doesn't change. I mean, it changes. It does change a lot because, like, yeah, it's really cool to have that guy on the team. And you guys know I don't like to project injuries, so I'm not into that game. You know, these these ACL tears, you know, obviously it's it's worse on a giant man that's 350 pounds. Oh, but, I'm going to do know, something. I'm going I'm I'm to cut it. you off here. I'm going to cut you off here, but I want you to continue. Uh, we're going to go through one injury at a time while we talk about him. In 2016, while he was with Florida State, he appeared in seven games at right guard and suffered an ACL tear in practice. It required season-ending surgery, missing the last five games. Uh, Nick, your uh, final thoughts on Landon Dickerson? Um, I mean, are you going to go through all the injuries here? Yeah, you only I want to go one, one at a time. I want to go one at a time as we continue to talk about Landon Dickerson. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, just fucking read them all. Just fucking read them all. Yeah, we should. No, go- I'm going to. I'm going to continue to go through. Just trust me on this. Dirty, what are your thoughts on Landon Dickerson? I don't trust you, Ellen. Uh, I don't trust you about anything in life. A backup center coming from national champion after national champion after national champion Alabama. Outside of the injuries, like, yeah, I'm pumped. Give the guy a year to get better. Let Kelsey get out of the way. And then this guy takes over. Way in. 
Unless you don't want him playing guard day one. No, I don't care about that. Really? Okay. No. Okay. Brooks and Samalo are fine. I'm not oh, let me let me cut in here. In 2017, he appeared in four games after switching to left guard and suffered a right ankle injury against Wake Forest. Then he played against Miami, but was forced to miss uh, nine games after that. This injury ultimately requires surgery ending his season. So that's his second injury in two years. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on uh, Landon Dickerson, offensive lineman out of Alabama? Yeah, I hate it. Um, I think, look, it's one thing to have an injury history. This is like serious, <laughs> like. And I'm sorry, you already have you, you got Brandon Brooks who rips his rip splits and tears something every other second. His Achilles, got, right? You got you you have uh you have Lane Johnson, who's also appears that that high ankle sprain or whatever is just gonna be a, a, a nagging thing for his career. I'm sorry to say. Jimmy, while you're talking about the injuries the Eagles already have, in 2018, while he was still at FSU, he appeared in two games total. Uh, he then had a left ankle injury. The stitches uh, later burst, and that was in 2018. In 2019, he uh, suffered he something that's when he moved to Bama, and then in 2020, he tours ACL in the SEC championship game. So what were you saying? Yeah, for those keeping score at home, that's two ACL tears. Uh, one right ankle injury, a left ankle injury. Uh, so that's both ankles if you are paying attention. Um, yeah, and all season ending um, and requiring surgery. So, so you do or do not like the pick? I'm, a, I'm, I'm slightly concerned. I do want to quickly say, though, Jimmy, to, to halt your concerns, he is coming to the Philadelphia Sports Medical Legion. I think he'll be exactly. If That's there's true. one thing that helps me sleep at night, it's the reputation that the medical teams in this town have of turning players around. That's it. That's it. Can I say something? No. Okay. Well, we can move on then. I love this pick. I know it's never right. sexy, but – if you're going to take an offensive lineman, I'm always okay with that. If you're going to take an offensive lineman from the SEC, I'm always okay with that. If you're going to take an offensive lineman from the SEC and from Alabama, I am totally okay with that. Is there a risk? Of course there is. But for someone like uh, myself and Nick who watch every Alabama game because we bet a lot of money on Alabama, when he – uh, left because of injury. I totally get it. An SEC championship game, the way they talked about the impact he had on this team, he was truly one of the most impactful players on that team outside Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, who's already injured. People don't seem to be too concerned about that. Um, and probably more so than Mac Jones, who had tons of talent around him, being Landon Dickerson and Devontae Smith. I'll take the injury risk uh, because he is an offensive lineman. He doesn't need to make any quick twitch moves. Um, and if you saw the video of what he was already doing this week by lifting his entire body weight on his torn uh, ACL on his right knee, uh, he'll be ready to go week one. Uh, is it not the safest pick? Of course, but I will take an offensive lineman from the SEC on the uh, championship Alabama team. Love, you, love, love it. Did you see what the team did for him? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you probably didn't see it, but did you did you hear about what the team did for him uh, last play of the uh, of the national they, championship? They put him back in the game, right? Well, he, you know, they didn't put him back in. I mean, he, he got hurt in the SEC championship. So – for the national championship game, he couldn't play. I mean, his teammates loved him so much, even after just two years at Bama, because he spent three years at Florida State, like we already said, 
two years at Bama, that's what they thought of him. They put him out on the field with his fucking uh, what, what did he have that year? I mean, it's hard to keep up with all these fucking injuries. ACL. ACL. And, um, you know, they fucking, he limped his ass out there and put in and did the final snap for the, for the kneel. Like, that's fucking cool. Like, that's, that's what I said. They put, it, they put him in for the last team. snap. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the kind of dude you want on your team. I mean, that, that moral of a story. Would I rather had a cornerback? Probably. Cause Jesus Christ, who's going to play with Slay? I, I don't know. But, this I have it's grown on me every day. Dude, I have no idea. Keep in mind, though, quickly, like they have three potential first rounders next year in a second. Like they can get the corner then. Like yeah. let this on the system come in and take over for Kelsey, who's probably got a year left. Like I kind of actually like the fact that it looks like they have a plan. It, it, exactly. I don't feel like fucking losing. I don't feel like fucking losing. And Asante Samuel, do I think he's going to be really good? Yeah, I do think he's going to be really good. But he could very easily turn out to be a bust. And Landon Dickerson, the only way he turns out to be a bust is by injury, injury which would point. suck. But when he's on the field, he is not going to be a That's bust. He's going really to be point. a good player. So I love it. It's not a sexy pick. It is just get the big hogs in the middle of the field to protect your quarterback and let your playmakers make plays, which Devontae Smith is going to be a playmaker. And it should open up uh, time for Jalen Reger now that he won't be the main focus on the outside. So Matt, uh, if I have Matt, an reset, love, love, love. Let me tell you something. If if our tens and tens of listeners are still listening and they weren't sure about Landon Dickerson, Matt, you just flipped them because you flipped you flipped me. I'm all in. I'm all in. Well, well, uh, hopefully he didn't did, get injured. You did sell Audis for a while, so you are good at selling. That's me. That's me. I, I would sell oh, an Audi to Landon Dickerson. Uh, third round pick. Very uh, tumultuous moment here in the Eagles front office, which is uh, the new norm. Uh, <laughs> Milton oh, Williams. It. Defensive tackle. Louisiana Tech. Defensive tackle factory there. 10 sacks in 22 games from the DT position will break him down. But the moment that came to be during this pick is what you already heard in our intro. It's when Howie was fist pumping his fist like crazy to everybody in the front office. And then he gets to the senior scout of the Eagles, Tim Donahue. And there was, uh, how do you say it? There was a disagreement. He wasn't happy. And it was caught on national television. When the draft was going so well with the first pick, a little bit of contention in the second pick between fans, the third pick just ruined everything. Everything. Jimmy... Oh, good. Jimmy, I want your, your thoughts first on this. I said, oh, my God. The Shield Kapadia uh, athletic article was spot on. I don't know. You can just tell in that room, like, they were just, you just get – like, he's running around. He's, he's strutting around. Like, and, and I don't know. It just – looking at that war room and – Like, and, he just picked Jesus. Yeah, and I don't know. It just – I, I was like – for some reason, it just popped in my head. I was like, I feel like that that athletic article was spot on. <laughs> yeah, you got I your old really head scouts, and then you have Howie's uh, Eagle Scouts. You know, I found it super interesting that the dude Donahue that it was the only guy completely off the camera, all the way on the right side, and everybody else was kind of in the middle along with Howie, almost like he did that on purpose. Like he just didn't want to be a part of it at all. Like, I don't know. I, I just got weird vibes out of the gate afterwards. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, that guy doesn't want to be in that room. <laughs> like, you know, 
I don't know. Yeah. To be that to be that pissed off and not like but I, I think another, obviously that pissed off by not getting his guy. He obviously cares. I think another huge reason the dude was mad and like the more you think about it, it makes sense is like they traded down from 73 to 70, gave away a fifth round pick and took a guy who probably would have been there anyway. I mean, that's probably what the dude was mad about because it didn't make a lot of sense. Like, if you would no, no, there is a quote already. I, I I wanted to read it, but our faces are in the way, so I can't read all of it. The gist of it comes down to this: they were at seventy, they traded the seventy-three, and they're between two defensive players. The team they traded with to seventy, Howie said, "Are you picking defense or offense?" The team said offense, and they did pick offense. And the Eagles were between two defensive players. One of the players they wanted was picked between 70 and 73. Tim Donahue wanted the player that was picked before him. And then they picked Milton uh, Williams at 73. They half the, 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 the front office wanted Milton Williams. The other half wanted the other guy, but the other half was like, fine. That's what happens in the draft room. And Tim Donahue, Tom, Tom Donahue, Tim, Tom Donahue um, said, uh, just showed his frustration. But later, a more report came out and said that, yeah, that happens in war rooms. And I actually think Howie did a good job. And Howie Rosen went on the Angela Gattali show and explained everything. And he said, we as fans deserve to hear what happened and said everything's fine. And it's part of the, you know, the, the, the spirit of the room. Yeah, so. when, we were at, when we were at pick 70, there were a couple of guys we liked on the board. And uh, so we moved back a little bit to see how it would go. Uh, and a couple of guys we liked went as well. You know, these guys spent all year scouting. These guys, and you get favorites. You get guys that you really feel strongly about. We all do. You know, that's the fun part of being in the draft room. It's the emotions of it all. At the end of the day, Milton Williams, he's an exciting, he's an exciting guy. You know, we're excited to have him. You know, I don't want to take away from his day, but we're all excited about the pick, you know? Well, Howie, uh, it's that that's great. It's, that's nice to hear from you. It's, it's great to have you back on our show as our most reoccurring guest. Uh, how do you feel about the draft and how do you feel about all this uh, just, just publicity about the incident between you and Donahoe? Well, you know, look, I'm just, I'm the ruler of the roost. And you can see it in that video, you know? I'm just, I'm the guy, I'm, I give great fist bumps. I'm the guy that comes in, I've always got a, I've always got jokes. Uh, everybody knows that I'm good with a one-liner, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, how's your fist feeling after this weekend? You're giving out a lot of fist bumps. A lot of bumping. Bump city. But sure, sure. <laughs> you're feeling yourself this weekend. I mean, after the Devontae Smith pick, this is this is the highest you've been graded out of, out of our fans in a long time. So I'm sure you were uh, feeling pretty good about yourself. That's right. Look, I have a soft spot in my heart for little guys, you know, because I'm I, little Howie Roseman. I was always a little guy, you know. Sure, sure. Um, Who's Michael is there Stilfart, uh, that Giants fan or Howie, do you think? Probably Howie. Okay, well, you know what? I think you earned it this weekend. Uh, great job. Beaver. Great job with the draft, Howie. Uh, any any last thoughts? Any last words? Fist bump, fist bump, fist bump. Okay, great, Howie. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you some other time as the season uh, gets closer. Reoccurring guess as always. That that's that's how he nuts his thoughts. Dirty, how did you feel? I love that guy. 
I mean, listen, I watched every single Louisiana Tech game last season, so I knew going in that this guy was going to be an absolute stud. Sure. No. Sure. <laughs> no. Oh, you're kidding. Thanks, that's your clear. Guys, he's kidding. But he's kidding, sh- guys. Like, I have no fucking idea about this guy. I'm taking dirty, the first. Dirty, that was awesome. awesome. Milton Williams, D-tackle Louisiana Tech, like, sure. I don't know. Like, maybe he'll be a fucking star. I have no idea. All I know is that they went from 70 to 73, and that one guy who's been scouting for years hated it. And knowing how bad Howie is at drafting was really excited about it. So off the reading that and watching that video tells me he's probably a bust. Well, that's really dumb. All I'll say about it is, um, uh, what's his, uh, Mel Kuyper, Kept comparing him to Aaron Donald, yep. and I just hate that. Like, no, nope. you don't need to compare every player to the best player in the league. You and don't you know always have to do that. Here's why: because JJ Arcega Whiteside had the exact same measurables as Des Bryant, the literally to the T, exact, and they couldn't be further apart from each other. That doesn't mean fucking anything. That's because that that's because Jay Jaw's a little bitch. It just means nothing. Milton Williams is a man. And he got compared to Aaron Donald. That's all I need to know. I got Aaron Donald on my team in the third round. Let's fucking go. How he, this is, this is the pick for me. I don't even, I watched a little bit of tape. Dude's a beast. I didn't need to watch too much because somebody fucking told me he's the next Aaron Donald. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. Moving on. We got Aaron Donald. All right, let's go through these quickly. Uh, Jimmy, if you're still there, can you scroll down? Quickly. Yeah, we're, we're, we're running up on our time in the first half here. We got Zach McPherson uh, spelled incorrectly. Uh, is out of Texas Tech, 5'11", 196. We do address our cornerback in the fourth round, so people don't need to lose their fucking minds. There is a cornerback there. Um, in 2020, he had 53 tackles, four interceptions, um, and it includes a, a, a pick six and six pass breakups. Any quick hitters on it? There's uh, one yeah. person I want to get to. I have a so, quick hitter. Yeah. I have a quick hitter. I just did a spell check. Fuck you. Spelled correctly. Suck my balls. No, Zach is. It, oh. They spell it Z E C H, and he still oh. pronounces Zach. So look, take it easy. Look closer, you blind fuck. Yeah, what the oh. Zach? Zach? That's not how you spell it. Well, you guys We're, are. That is how it's spelled. Moving on. Nick, you idiot. I'm saying they spelled it incorrectly, not you, you fucking moron. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you were ripping me. All right, we're all with Zach McPherson. Best, listen, best luck is, in Philly. This is Zoom's fault. That best luck in Philly. Nick, shut the fuck up. You shut up. I think what could be the steal of the draft for the Eagles is Kenny Gainwell, mm. the fifth round pick running back out of Memphis, five foot eight, two Oh one. You can finally get Boston Scott out of here. Not because he's bad. Yeah. Thank you for your service. You're a great player, but there are better running backs of your style yeah. out there. And it should be Kenny Gainwell. He opted out of the 2020 season after losing four family members due to COVID. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, he rushed 231 times for 1400 yards, 6.3 yards per carry. And 13 touchdowns while adding 51 catches for 610 yards and three touchdowns. That would be over 2,000 yards uh, from scrimmage. So now going off the top of my head, I think I saw that he was like first in receptions, first in receiving. He was in the top three for all uh, receiving purposes when it comes to running backs. He can be the perfect complement for Miles Sanders. And the way we expect Nick Sirianni to run this offense, he should be coming out wide receiver. Like what we always wanted Doug to do with our receivers and put them out as wide receivers. 
I really think we're going to see that from Sirianni and Kenny Gainwell really can be that. And yep. Memphis does produce some really good running backs. They had uh, D'Angelo Williams and there's another one. Damn Tony, it. Pollard, uh, and, uh, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson. Antonio uh, Gibson, right? He went there as well. Antonio Gibson, yep. 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 So they just produce really solid running backs. I think Kenny Gainwell is going to be right there with them. And he's he's got a name that can't fail, right? Kenny G. No, Gainwell, Matt. And Kenny G. Put that on top. This guy cannot fail. Gainwell, Kenny G, Hall of Fame. Just ordered my Kenny G jersey, by the way, right this second. Yeah, I, I love this. I, I fucking love that pick. I love, 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 love that pick. Uh, Jimmy was not happy about it because he's you, you just weren't happy about it, Jimmy. Are you okay with it now? I, I just said, you know, a running back out of Memphis. I what I don't I just don't know much, but also it's an intriguing pick, you know. Um after afterwards, I like my snap judgment was like, you know, negative. Jimmy, Jimmy, last week you said you wanted that flashy fun offense. Here you, you go. You, here you go. Here you go. He's he's you in all- there. You also love Boston Scott, so this it, it might they hurt said, a little yeah, bit. Uh, they said the Kenny Gainwell pick, he's almost an exact comparison to Naeem Hines. That's what they said on the Colts. <laughs> I'm okay, give me that all day. I'm okay with that. Naeem Hines is awesome. Let's give me that all day with Boston Scott, Jimmy. Jimmy, you got your fun, man. You got your fun, and you know, we want guys that want to have fun, and we want guys that like ball, you know. That's right, I like ball. All right, our, our next round picks from USC. He has one of those last names that's from like a Hawaiian tribe where they yelled this guy and pull up the two fire. Two. Yeah, yes. Marlon Tui Puloto, um, uh, DT USC. What do you got, Dirty? Yeah, I mean, if it, listen, how he got that Pac-12 lineman in there somewhere, I'm just glad it was in later rounds. Yeah, he was definitely a co-star from Moana. Hopefully he's good. Uh, sixth round of Teron Jackson, defense and Coastal Carolina. I'll say this. Coastal Carolina was a really good school last year. Love him. Uh, very solid school. Don't know anything about the guy. Jacoby Stevens, sixth round pick. Linebacker safety played predominantly safety. I believe, oh, don't, don't quote me that. Uh, but Coach Ogeron, Coach Ogeron said get the guy closer to the ball, and that's where he's most effective. I think because of his size, he'll be more of a linebacker. So take it easy, Eagles fans. Uh, we might have more of a linebacker pick there with Jacoby that's what Stevens. Eagles, that's what the Eagles released him as. You know, when they when they named him as a pick, they 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 named him a linebacker. And then in the seventh round, Patrick Johnson, another dick name, uh, linebacker. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's really it. They just said seventh round. Any more dick names? They said Johnson. It's like, put it on the board. Perfect. Uh, Don't care where he played. Tulane, 6'2", 240, 10 sacks in 2020. Uh, quick thoughts on the on picks uh, fourth through seventh. Dirty, go. Uh, no clue, but they sound like they're going to be good. All I know is Teron Jackson uh, was all was first team all conference, and apparently it's just an absolute stud that um, is one of those guys that I'll have my eye on because, like, I don't know. He reminds like like kind of how they took Josh Sweat and you didn't know what he was going to be, and he came in and made an impact every time he came into the game. I'm hoping this guy can at least be that. Nick, the the only pick out of four through seven that I don't like is McPherson. I, 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 I've read way too many conflicting things on that dude. It kind of sounds like he's going to suck, but the rest yeah, of them, it, the rest of them, it sounds like we got really good value. Somebody had Tui Pulotolutu in like, as like a third grade uh, or a third round grade. 
I mean, it's a it's a good draft, man. It's a good draft, and maybe and if and if McPherson turns out to be something, it's probably a great draft. It looks good on paper, man. Um, it does. I think one thing, I, Matt, I, Matt, I don't know if you're going to get to this or not, but the one thing I do want to say before we wrap up is the undrafted free agents. One of the guys that we got that I am like super pumped about that apparently people are stunned. Oh, the Gator, dude! This Trevon Grimes, who apparently. Yeah. Lit up who apparently lit up Patrick Sertan in the SEC championship game is a guy I've got my eye on because they're saying he could come in and be our third receiver right out of the gate. Yeah, I think that's I, – I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I'm Listen, for an undrafted guy, very exciting. I think you don't get a lot of attention when you have Pitts and uh, Tony on the offense, and he's just kind of like going to be open all the time. But he did have Sertan on him in that one game, so there the, is that. The undrafted receivers sometimes they work out. The Doug Baldwin's of the world are out there, you know. Yeah, gotta- I mean, it, but it's so it's it's fucking weird that because he had good numbers and he was actually pretty good playing with uh, Maddie. What's your boy Trask? Um, he, he played well. I, I yep. don't understand how he went undrafted. Like, why not just in the sixth or seventh? Yeah, it's going to wind up know. coming out that he probably beat the living shit out of his girlfriend. Yeah, some, something's weird there. But, it will, you know. We'll see. Jimmy, get to uh, what you want to talk about real quick. No, I just like the next The next topic is Eagles don't care about defensive backs. And it's it's true. They're taking the, um, they're taking the Phillies approach to the bullpen. If you just pretend <laughs> like it's not a problem, then it, it, it'll just go away. <laughs> Craig James is our starting cornerback right now. Wait Craig? Craig, Craig, Craig. <laughs> I don't know. Michael Jacket played uh, well for like 10 minutes in one game. Michael Jacket had the worst game in the history of the Eagles against the Cardinals. Have you ever yeah, heard of Tom? He sure did. Have you ever heard of Eagles great Tom Pants? <laughs> Tom Pants. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> L- listen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the, the the depth chart here says says there's a guy named Kavon Seymour that plays the Eagles. There's a guy named Lavert Hill. There's a guy named Shakyle Taylor, and there's a guy named Jameson Houston. Never heard of any of them. Not not one of them. I think it's pronounced Shaquille, but that that's neither here nor there. Um, then, then spell it like Shaq. Like just if you're gonna call yourself Shaq, just just spell it right. Listen, did they get every position of need? No, but. In regards to comparing the past uh, drafts of maybe the past decade, as long as two or three of these guys land, that's success, and uh, I'm in for that. I think Devontae Smith is going to be success. I think Kenny G is going to be uh, successful as a fifth-round pick and just throw a dart at one of the other uh, players, and that's a successful draft. I'm in. I'm totally in. So that's uh that's I guess it. the idea is just, you know, they'll they'll try and score as many points as they can and then exactly like they'll just get that. absolutely lit up on the other side of the ball and then they'll try and score as many points. Yeah, you know I mean, like that's just what they'll do. All right. Uh with that, we'll wrap it up. Any last thoughts on the draft? Uh, uh, Nick wrote Nick Sirianni doesn't drink caffeine, all natural psychopath. Yeah, man. I, I don't I don't know if I'm a psychopath. I don't know. I don't know why he wrote that, but you know, man, I don't need caffeine to get me going. I, I have, I'm high on life, I'm high on ball, and I'm high on fun. What else do I need? What else do I need? All right, thanks, Coach Sirianni. With that, we'll uh, end the first half, and we'll see you in a couple minutes. Thanks. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Let's go. This is Zoom. 
to show you what a great product we have, we're going to create this ad using our product. You know, we've had 365 days to perfect this technology. So as you see, it's running like a well or in, you know, we got rid of all those pesky zoom bombers. And now we just offer one thing, crystal ear audio, itty zoom. We hope you don't always associate us with a deadly pandemic. And we are back. As always, we had to thank our sponsors. We're a long way down the road here of this show, and uh, we've had numerous sponsors throughout our, uh, what is it, 74, 75 episodes at this point? I think, Zoom, I think Zoom is one of our most reoccurring sponsors. Couldn't have done it without them. So we just need to thank them. Uh, crystal Clear Audio. Um, and I never thought about it that way. We can't think about Zoom as only a, uh, you know, a company through a pandemic. Shame on us. Shame on us if we do your that. Faces, your faces are a lot easier to look at through Zoom than they are in person. That's, that's another thing. I only want to communicate with you through Zoom Dirty. So I don't know. I feel like every time I see the, the little icon with the, the blue and the camera, I'm just going to think like pandemic forever. You're just going to think of death, just yeah, mass just death. In misery. Mm-hmm. Just cough every time you look at it. You know what I thought of today? I thought, are we going to be, not not determined, are, are we going to be categorized by what shots we get? Like, are people going to ask us years from now, uh, hey, were you Moderna, J&J, or Pfizer? Oh, I just thought like, about that. It would be like a, it would be like a sorting hat. Would it be like Harry Potter houses? Yeah, yeah, something along that line. I don't know why I thought about that. Maybe it's just my mind just could be just, you know, wavering. But I'm I thought house, about I'm that. House Moderna. I'll be Ravenclaw. You can't uh, okay. be a, you got you, You're not getting it. Dirty, Ravenclaw is not one of the choices. No, it's not. Hopefully it was, so you just die. Uh, I'm House Pfizer. <laughs> I'm one shot deep. Uh, I get my next shot in two weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm House Pfizer. Yeah, I'm Me- House Moderna with, uh, with Old Hub. Uh, you had a you had a miserable experience with Moderna, didn't you, I Nick? Did, I I did, and I'm uh, apparently I'm the only person in the world. So uh, apparently, I'm a big puss. Um, that's how yeah. you know it's a good. That, that's how you know it's a quality one. That's I, it. I, maybe, maybe Jimmy. I don't know. Everybody's like, yeah, it's so easy. The first one, you're gonna be just fine. And I'm like, fucking on my deathbed, and. Uh, and I'm telling people and everybody, you know, because listen, work, work these days. It used to be like one percent calls. Now it's ninety nine percent calls. Always on the fucking phone, always on the Zoom, always on the teams, whatever. And uh, people want to talk about the covid vaccination. And I'm you know, I'm always straight up with it. Maybe I should have just lied and said I was fine. But like usually I was like, yeah, sucked for me. And then people are like fucking making fun of me. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm the only motherfucker in America that struggled with the first shot. Dirty, how is your Raven's Claw? Yeah, I got a Raven Claw shot, and I got to be honest with you, I'm totally fine. So, did you get both or one? I got uh, I got one so far. The Raven, you got the Raven, and then the second yeah. one is the Claw. Yeah, yeah. I got to I got to get the Claw in two weeks. Nice. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, yeah, I just thought about that. So I wonder if we're going to get categorized later in life. Are you Pfizer, Moderna, or J&J? Just something to think about. That's I'm glad I'm with Jimmy. Let me just say that. 
Hang on. I, I feel like the J and J people are going to be the ones that we all look at and go, ooh, yeah, I don't know, man. Sorry. Clots. Yeah. The old, the old clots. Yeah. I mean, they're J and J and they're just going to be like peasants. Just like, Matt, I got to say, though, that's a really weird thought that you that, like, that just popped into your head. Like, why would you even think about that? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's because I was supposed to get J and J a week or two ago, and it was the week the that clots uh, became uh, came out, and they said, "Yeah, we can't give it to you this week." And I was just like, "Can I just please get it? I just want to get this over with." Um, and yeah, so then I was like, "Now I'm a Pfizer guy," and I was like, oh, "Am I? Are you gonna be categorized that way?" Like Roger clots? What are you saying? Blood clots. Yeah, like yeah, you're gonna, later on you're gonna be like, oh, that's Ow. right, Johnson and Johnson was the blood clots. Yeah, so everybody's gonna die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Damn. Well, well, for my wife's sake, it was a good uh, two and a half, uh, three years, and I'll take care of our boy. Uh, I'll so help should you, we? Matt. I'll help you. I'll be okay. Uh, should we talk about the Sixers? <laughs> no. Okay, Phillies. It is. They just beat. The uh, you guys watch the game. I the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers. The they Milwaukee beat the Brewers. Brewers again. They beat them again. That's it. They beat them again. So does that put them back at five hundred? Are they this back is on big. the five hundred scheme? This is big. This yes, they are back to five hundred, and this is the first time they've won back to back games since the opening series. So the Phillies are back. I mean, what uh, business guys, that fucking I'm, ha- Brewers I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy also to report that uh, the Phillies bullpen. Man, they really – they said, listen, this isn't going to be an easy win. Not on our watch, fellas. So, and they <laughs> came in and they did their thing. And you know what? They really they really gave it their all to, to lose this one. They said, you gave us five runs, we'll give you four. All right? That's well, it. I think Dirty – Dirty, what what happened that led to the, the bullpen saying, you know what, he you – know, Brewers, you can get back in the game because something something happened. So Aaron Nola went six, and it wasn't pretty. He went six, like 112 pitches, but he had 10 strikeouts. He had a great game. They were up six to one going into the seventh, and Girardi tried to bring in Eniel De Los Santos to pitch the seventh, and the umpire brought him back out and said, dude, he's not on the umpire card, meaning like – so, I mean, I'm still hoping everybody knows this, but, like, you have to write down a card and hand it to the umpires of all the, the lineup players card. from that day. Yeah, and he didn't have De Los Santos on that card, so he was ineligible to play in the game. So he was forced to bring in David Hale, who came in and blew it. He loaded the, he loaded the bases, gave up two runs, brought in uh, that other idiot, Jojo Romero. He gave up two more. Now Yo, it's five. Don't, don't slander Jojo Romero. Uh, he, Nick, you're in love with these eight ERA idiots on this gonna be He's going to be just fine. No, that guy is a moron. A he can, moron. He's got he's got stuff. He's gonna be fine. But the wait, David, wait, wait, but the, wait, da- wait, the David wait. Hale thing. No, he's no no no. Wait no, no, wait no. wait not, what? Not the David Hale thing. Did this really happen? Joe Girardi gave it gave an insufficient lineup card. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah and he had to bring in his. Bo- it was probably an excuse to bring his boy Hale back in the game. This is the second time Joe Girardi has had a major. Major managerial gaffe this season. Dude, he earlier this season, I can't remember who the pitcher was, but he went out and had a a, a, a mound visit. Yes, it was with Zach Wheeler, and he had to take Zach Wheeler out of the game. He went over. It was the just limit. he went over the limit, and now he has a, a gaffe again where he doesn't have the right person on the card. This is rudimentary stuff 
This is stuff that you shouldn't expect out of a Joe Girardi type manager. No. This is stuff that you would expect out of, uh, I don't know, Gabe Kapler. No, no, Gabe no. Kapler- Stop, Nick. Shut up. You already had two gaffes today. This is what we thought Gabe Kapler would be, but he didn't do. So are we just assuming names here in the city of Philadelphia? Is this what you thought Joe Girardi would be? That's what I'm Matt, at. Matt, I'm sorry. I'm fine. I'm just pissed off about it because Joe Girardi's an asshole. He's he's fucking he, he's doing this type of bullshit. This 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 shit that children wouldn't fuck up. And every night we were watching Matt Joyce hitting leadoff and hitting second. The guy the guy's not even. I mean, he's he, I think he's hitting like 170. He's just as bad as fucking Roman Quinn. Like, but he's hitting first every other night. I know the options aren't that great, but like hit hit Maiden up there or hit hits. He's putting Joyce up there. And every night, every night I look at that fucking lineup card, Matt. Every night I look at that lineup card, and the first fucking name I see every night is Matt Joyce. I'm trying to win baseball games, Matt. I'm trying to win baseball games. And I oh, see that, that guy. Matt Joyce. And but I'm Matt pissed Joyce. the fuck off. But Matt Joyce was an all-star in 2016. Matt Joyce sucks. This That guy doesn't belong anywhere on this team, Nick. I'm totally with you. Fuck Matt Joyce. I don't know, Dirty. It's the first thing I fucking see on Twitter. Like, here's the Phillies line for today. And I see Matt Joyce's name, and I'm just like, I'm with you. Fuck! Like, him and David Hill. I just want to I just want to beat the shit out of those motherfuckers. I think you're all losing the point here. I yeah, mean, we were all we were all guilty of it. We got the name Joe Girardi and we said we're happy to have him. He's a strong name. It's who we all wanted out of all the coaching carousel uh 2 years ago. But he's not as advertised. No. And th- to hear that story of him putting out a picture that wasn't on the lineup card to hear what he did a couple of weeks ago with Zach Wheeler, having to remove him because of too many mound visits. That's inexcusable to set a lineup card that you don't like to try and trust a veteran like Matt Joyce to just try and hit his way out of a slump. That's fine. Managers are going to do that. Charlie Manuel did that with players and we all huff and puffed. That's a different story than true fuck ups. These are fuck-ups, not trusting a player. This is inexcusable. It's just really bad, man. Like, and the more I dig into Girardi's history now, like, yeah, I, I, I feel like maybe I didn't really go into this the way I should have because he's just one of these dudes that, like, yeah, he won a World Series in 09, but that team was absolutely stacked. Monster team. Monster absolutely team. Absolutely stacked in the max from top to bottom. Like, everybody on that fucking team had 30 homers, I think. And what, their- Dirty? They fired him, like, two seasons after that? Yep. I mean, and he won, he won manager of the year with the Marlins with a losing record. Because of his name and just because people fucking love him. I mean, he won just... manager of the year with the Marlins with a losing record. What does that even mean, by the way? It, it means it, it's just it, the media, the, the 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 stupid fucking fans that just like they just go with the Angelo Cataldi's of the world. These people think he's a good manager. He hasn't been a good manager since he fucking came here. Like managers, managers like they're. <laughs> During the game, I don't think they're all that important. I really don't. But at times, you know, maybe they can win you a game. But managers can certainly lose you the fucking game. And he's been losing games. I mean, he's come out and said it. That game's on me. That game's on me. Well, yeah, no shit. Well, yeah. And I mean, that brings up a good point, too, because 
there, it's debatable how much, you know, managers affect, but one thing that managers can really affect is when their, their players like them. And, and, and so it's like, I know there's two schools of thought, but like, I have, I haven't heard, you know, players say anything one way or the other, other about how they feel about Girardi or like, so you, it's not like you're seeing these guys saying, you know, I take a bullet for the guy. Um, maybe then you go and the guys love them. Uh, you can excuse some things, but like, I don't know. You're not, it's, it, you, you have, you're not getting the sense that he's building like a unique culture in the clubhouse or anything like that either. Jimmy, I haven't thought of that one single time. And that's, I, I, that's a great point. Like you never hear the, the, the players talking about their manager ever. Like you think about, you think about the players with Charlie and you know, how much, you know, with how they talk to Charlie, I'm talking, I'm talking pre-world series. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm not feeling that either. And I, you know who I kind of felt that with Gabe. I mean, Bryce said good things about Gabe. A lot of people said, yes, they did. I know, but 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 yes, but I think Bryce says that with anybody. I think I think Bryce panders to the media, and I love Bryce. I I, I won't give that to Gabe, and and I I did like Gabe. I thought I thought he got a rough deal. I think he needed to leave when it happened, just because there's no way for him to win it back over. Uh, but I, I don't think the players supported him that much. I think there was a way for him to win it back over. I think we should. I think if they would have made some front office moves and he kept managing and he had us in the position the Giants are in right now, you win it over that easily. I think it was if they would have got rid of Clentac and kept and kept uh, Kapler, I think he would have been able to resuscitate himself, man. I don't Real quick, uh, I don't, I don't think with this team they have right now. Go ahead, Jimmy. Real quick, because we're on Zoom and this is a unique situation. I'm, I have my TV on. And I'm able. What is um everybody's thoughts on Michael Barkan's um, laser blue glasses? I think they're sexy as fuck. If I'm being honest with you. Okay. Yeah, uh, I think Barkan pulls it off. I just do. I like. I'm a Barkan guy. Everybody doesn't like Barkan. Kiss he's my 73 ass. years old and has the energy of a fucking 15 year old. I'm he's like 73. 73, dude. I didn't yeah, know that. no, he's not. That's crazy. Yep. I don't believe that. He, yep. Is that real? Or are you just being no, that, crazy? That's really no, that's not real. All right, hang on. I'll Google it. No, All right. I don't care that much. I I I think the blue sun, the, the blue glasses are ridiculous. I I'm okay with Barkan for who he is. He's always been that way. He's always been the character that he is. I appreciate it. I fucking hate Ricky Metallico. I can't stand him. I don't need the real guy who always brings it and he's always fucking negative. It's just he's the last thing. He's such a douchebag. It's the last thing the Philly needs. It doesn't matter. What, it doesn't matter what happens. They're like, let's go to Ricky Bo for his analysis. And he's like, they suck. You know, they just suck. Like you know, bullpen is sucks. the worst bullpen of, you know, he's always, he's always ripping on the bullpen. Like he was some bullpen ace. Mark him. Nick, he wasn't Nick, even that yeah. good. Like, chill out, bro. Like, you weren't that good. You shouldn't be able to talk this much shit. Yeah, talk shit, like, to an extent. Like, uh, you know who I like that, that does the talking shit stuff? Like, Mitch Williams. Like, you know, he, he but he's also. Uh, God, I hate Mitch Williams. Yeah, you're wrong I about Mitch Williams. You're wrong about Mitch Williams. I like Mitch Williams. Mitch is good. Mitch yeah. good at his job. He was, he was very Mitch good. On, he was very good on MLB The Network. Yeah, they fired and him for like beating the shit out of an umpire and he fighting kids. Didn't do anything. He yelled at like a whatever. Who gives a fuck? Ricky Metalco is just one. He's just he's just one note. I'm pissed off and I hate him. And yeah, fuck him. And the blue glasses are cool. Dude, Ricky Bo's one of those guys that had like one good year as a player. He made the All Star team on a really shit team and thinks he's the man. And he's yep. a fucking asshole. 
Fuck you, Ricky. Oh, Ricky Bo sucks. Mitch Williams sucks. John Cruck is great. It, it, that's how I feel about, Kruk is, about Kruk that. Is tops. Like, you can't get any better than Cruck. Yeah, can I make a public apology? Michael Barkin is 61, 61. years old. I, I 73? Know. Where did you get 73 <laughs> from? I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. I, I'm Michael Barkin is 107 years old. Yeah, I was way Jesus off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know why. 12-year <laughs> difference, I thought, dirty. So, I thought he was so much older than that. You were so confident. Like, Jimmy, Jimmy, can you can you cut back to that right now? Can you 73, dude? Yep. Yep. 73, dude. Yep. That was amazing. He was that was the most confident thing I've ever heard. He didn't just say 73, he doubled down on it. We're gonna move on. Yeah. Hey, do you guys know Michael Barkan is 380? (laughs) You doubled down on it too. Damn. Bryce Harper takes 97 miles Mm, per hour mm. to the face and literally walks it off and lives. I don't think we emphasize that enough. He lives. He's not blind. He's barely bruised. And he just lives through a 97-mile-per-hour fastball to the face. Bro, the man if, is God. If I took a 97-mile-an-hour fastball to my gut what would it, or my ass, like, you know, the, you know, the things with the most padding, I'd be screaming and crying. <laughs> Somebody called 911 screaming and crying and that motherfucker took it to the face it was just like all right dude it's it's the most heroic thing i think i've ever witnessed in sports history the most heroic history bryce harper is a philly guy oh that's it he sure is i'll tell you what i was watching him play the other day and i'm like you know he he really is like i think it was just he, he ran out a ball to second base. He, he always steals two, you know, like when, when you don't think that he should or can. And, like, yeah, it's, that's such a Philly thing. Yeah, it is. And oh, when, really he, when, he, when he ran out that error last night and was barely safe. God, yeah. Philly, blue collar. He gets thrown out. God. He gets thrown out way more than he makes it doing that, by the way. Dirty, shut up. We're doing Dirty, shut up. You said Michael Barkin was 73 years old. My God. I also said Ricky Bo was a one-time All-Star with a rotten team, and that was true at least. And you, just, and you just ruined a good bit. Everybody knows that Ricky Bo was a, was one of the bright spots in an otherwise awful Phillies team. What what are you talking about? Like, yeah, what, why between you him and something? Robert Person. Oh, Jesus God, you're Kevin Stoddard. All right. Al- Alvarado, Alvarado uh, strikes out Dom Smith, and a rivalry is renewed between the, the Mets and the Phillies. Mm, if it wasn't he talks, already. He talks a lot of shit on his way to the dugout, and the bench is clear. Nick, how happy are you? Yeah, I mean, what did I say last week uh, or two weeks ago? Fuck week it was. When I said the Phillies and the Mets rivalry is back, it's the best rivalry in sports. It brings you right back to fucking 06, 07, 08. The bench is cleared. Nothing happened. I couldn't have been happier. Couldn't have been happier. Dude, dude we asked six six weeks ago or so, we asked, like, what Mets do you hate? And I said Dominic Smith. And there's just something oh, about yeah. the 
There's something about this motherfucker that I just hate. He's just got that look about him. He's always trying to fight. You know what I mean? He's you like did one of pick guys. him. I remember that shit now. One of these old Mets guys is always started, always trying to start fucking trouble. And this is it, right? So he's like renewing the rivalry for me. So in a way, I kind of respect him. But at the same time, I hate his fucking... You kind of love him for giving us our rivalry back. Like, he let's is. Fucking, making it happen. I, I need this, Dirty. The Flyers suck. They don't have rivals because... They're irrelevant. The Phillies are relevant, and we got a rival again. We have somebody to hate. If I see somebody fucking walking down the street in a Mets hat, I just want to punch their lights out. Yeah, you want to give them the Glasgow kiss. My, my little boy who plays T-ball, and the other team's the Mets. And in T-ball, you don't keep score. Well, I keep score because I'm playing the Mets. You know what I'm saying? Of course I know. Fuck Nick, the Mets. Please, Nick, please don't damage these children. Um, but also, yes, the this what's okay. an on fire rivalry in the juggernaut that is the NL East, baby. Mm. 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 The NL East is absolute garbage. Phillies are in first, by the way. Yeah, what does that tell and you? Just to know. just just to make clear one more time. A dirty Mike said Michael Barkin was 73. He's 61 years old. <laughs> uh, we're going to move on to the Sixers. 73 in dog years, by the way. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, for the move, love. We're going to move on to the Sixers. Uh, the Nets <laughs> played the Bucks again tonight. And the Bucks, Nick, I'm holding you to this. I'm relying on you. The Bucks beat the Nets. 124-118. The- Unless the Sixers completely collapsed in their last five or six games in the regular season, the Sixers should lock up the number one seed in the East. That is a great accomplishment this season with a brand new coach, with a new front office, and should mean a ton going into this playoffs. Yeah, Matt, it, it shouldn't be that crazy difficult. Um, the, the rest of the schedule, real quick. Rockets uh, tomorrow night, Pelicans, Pistons, Pacers, Heat, and then you finish off Magic Magic. So um, it was on I, Twitter I earlier. I don't see a loss in there. Pelicans been- maybe because for some reason they, they kick our ass, but – the rest of the games are, are going to be Ws. It was on Twitter earlier. We have the easiest schedule to finish out the season in the NBA. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Number one seed, motherfuckers. And, let's, dude, listen, the Nets, are, the Nets are facing some injuries. Like, Durant's in and out, and I think that's more to, to be careful. But he's got a thigh injury. He's got a bone bruise in his knee. Harden, they don't know what's going on with him. Um, we are at full health at this point. So, a lot of people are getting on Doc at this point and busting his balls for bringing the bench in at points in the game where they're not sure he should. And I'm totally fucking fine with it, dude. Yeah. Let some of these young kids get like big game moments or like moments where they feel like they need to like commit um, and play really well. And I feel like that's what they've been doing. Like, I don't well, know. Dirty on the other side of that, you know, you know, playing the, the second unit more and cutting the minutes of the other guys. Um, Joe and Ben and Toby, they haven't been taking nights off. So no. they've been playing every game just last minutes. And I love that shit. Every single night we're seeing our players play. Like there is nobody that's no. just scratched because they don't, you know, making up a fake injury. Like Did Doc's doing team? it right, man. Doc's doing it. We get to watch them and, the, and they're going to stay fresh. You're also, also you're I think, like, you know, 
I think too, like just watch, I mean, and I can't break this down in any like serious basketball, but I'm just saying like doc seems that I know that, you know, what dirty said, bringing in some of the bench players, he still seems to have like, he, he knows the flow of the game, like so much better than I, like, I, I used to scratch my head a lot more of Brett Brown, um, you know, like with the way that he, not, not just who he would bring in, but like the timing of it. And Doc seems, you know, just, and I know he's a top caliber coach, but like watching him, it just like, I can just see the difference. He, he manages the flow of the game much better. Yeah. You would be, you would be winning like by eight points with six minutes left and Brett Brown would run out the second he, he'd pull and beat off the floor. He'd pull everybody off the floor and you're just like, what the fuck? Next thing you know, we're losing. And he's like, Oh, I'll put Embiid back out and Embiid couldn't save them all. Did you watch the game last night? <laughs> yeah. they, they actually were talking about how the difference is between like when Brett and Doc would coach and how they would handle in-game situations. So like there was a point in the game where like Shake Milton fucked up and Doc brought him over to the sidelines and he was like yelling at him and pointing in his face. And 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 Abdul was like, This is something Brown never did. And I don't love I don't love Abdul, don't get me wrong, but like he was like, This is something Brown never did. Like Doc right now is teaching him something that he did wrong. And he's who's, who, who's Abdul? Abernabi. Ala Abdenabi? Yes. You're having a rough go. You oh, caught him at Sorry. Abdullah. Yeah, you were having a rough go this second half. How, how, old do you, how old do you think Abdullah is? Oh, God. Do I have to guess on, on the spot? Yeah, on the spot. Abdullah. I'll go 54. Okay. Where did Ala go to college? Duke. All right, at least you got that right. All right. Um, anyway, yeah. So there's just differences on how they coach in the games, and I'm with Jimmy. Like, there's noticeable differences. Who's got that annoying sound in the background going on right now? Every Sounds time like I a truck is backing up. Every time I get something wrong, that goes off. That's Maybe. right. That's right. <laughs> there's nobody left listening, is there? No. No, that, that's no. all right. No, that's all right. And for those yeah. of you who are listening, thanks. Tell your friends. Um, and give us a five star. Well, Ala is 52. So Oh, I'm so close. You ever bid. That's price is right rules. You lost again. You're just well, you don't win. It went off again. A big thing about the Sixers getting first place. Uh, Doc Rivers says that he has gained 15 pounds since moving to Philadelphia because of the Philadelphia food. I think we can all relate. I think the Philadelphia food is fantastic. Any thoughts on that? I like Fat Doc. Yeah. Let's get Fat I, Doc. I prefer, let's get that. I like let's, Fat Doc, too. Let's get that number one seed and Fat Doc and run into the playoffs. You know what I'm fat saying? Doc, fat, fat Doc, Fat Cock. Oh. He's got He's got to be happier, right? Like, that's a good thing. Yeah. Fat and happy. Fat and happy. Fat and happy. And you also have him beat. So. You know what it tells you, too? It tells you that Doc has settled in here in Philadelphia. You know, he's he's out engorging on the local cuisine. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's feeling the vibe of the city. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, not, well. he's not stuck in L.A. where they're trying to force whatever diet dietary restrictions they have over there, whatever new, new uh, food uh, cult they have. He's enjoying the northeastern cuisine. Matt, I'll, break it, I'll, I'll break it down even simpler. So when you're walking around L.A., you're looking at everyone. They're skinny. They're fit. They're running around. You come to Philadelphia. You're blending with your environment. You got one fat lady over here. This other guy's puking on the corner, covered in shit. He's probably like, you know what? <laughs> like, I'll, I'll just, I'll just eat a cheesesteak every day. Breakfast, lunch, and this, dinner. 
you got 73-year-old Barkan, you got Abdul on the other end, he says, I can get fat, fuck it, whatever. It's fine. Word on. Word on. And with that, I think there's no way the Sixers don't get first place in the East. I think they coast into it. I think the way that he's resting his starters is the best way possible. Um, I think I think it's a very, very, very exciting time for the Sixers. I do not see how they don't get into the Eastern Conference Finals. Do any of you fear them not getting into the Eastern, Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah. No. Why? I mean, because it's Philadelphia. Okay. It's a good breakdown. It's good analysis. <laughs> It's the best answer you're going to hear all night, you know, honestly. I want to say no, but that Jimmy just has me thinking twice now. Since George Hill's come in, the George Hill-Dwight Howard lineup has played really, really well. Defense, now you have- defense, defense. This is the best defensive Sixers team there's ever been, and it's probably not even close. Between Howard and Simmons and Tybal and Hill, these guys are fuck and green. These guys are defensive stars, and it shows every I'll single. I'll one more player you, you didn't mention, uh, Embiid. No, uh, he no. certainly helps. Of course, he's pretty good. Yeah, right. Just, the one good. part of their defense that isn't good, the Sixers, in fact, is one of the league worst, is transition defense, and transition really slows down in the playoffs. So everyone's worried about Ben's offense because all he is is transitional offense, is what people say. But transition defense barely happens in the playoffs. So I'm not too concerned about that once it comes playoff time because the game slows down. It was half court offense, half court defense. Eastern Conference is going to be there. Anything else? Should we wrap this up? I, I think it's title or bust. I mean, really. I think it's title or bust. Well, yeah, you're for your first place team. I, I agree with you. I just think for I don't excite- care about the, the West. I don't care about the, the Nets. Like there's a Jimmy's drawing. There's there this the Sixers have to win this year. I need it in my life. I need it, Matthew. Well, Sixers Jazz Finals. Let's go. Fuck the Jazz. jazz. They suck. Jazz stink. Don't they jazz. suck. There would be a lot Jazz. Of Jazz live and die by a three. Um, to Jimmy, Jimmy runs our show. He's a producer, and when we do Zoom, we're on a Microsoft Word document, so we go down uh, topic from topic. And to wrap up our show, he's just drawn an eight uh, equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, capital D, and uh, some squigglies. So I think that means wrap it up. So What's the name of that squiggly there? Will anybody know? That's a good trivia question. A, yeah, know. it's called a, it's, uh, it's called a tilt. jizz. Oh, Tilda. All right. I thought it was Jizz. Uh, okay. Uh, so we will wrap up the show. Any last thoughts, Nick? Are we going to talk flyers? No. Dirty? No. Uh, Jimmy? Nah. Nobody's listening anyway. Fantastic. For those of you I'm who stayed listening. and listened, for those of you who stayed and listened, thank you very much. We appreciate it. You know how to listen to us. You know how to find us. We apologize for the Zoom, but we didn't create coronavirus, so be mad at those who did. Uh, We will see you all (laughs) next week, and good night.
73, dude. Yep. 